Well, hello everyone. A big win for Nottingham Forest on Sunday. A rare win on a Sunday, I always think. I always think we struggle on a Sunday. But 2-0 to Nottingham Forest. A really wholesome atmosphere. A very wholesome performance. I think everyone left the city ground 10 feet taller after that. From the pre-match uh, ceremony of the last post, well done, Caden. You're as all proud with all the team rallying around you to the end performance where we hung on. We defensively were really structured. It was a massive, massive step forward for Nottingham Forest. And I think the city ground got its atmosphere back. If I'm quite honest, Luton, Burnley, and even Sheffield United to an extent, it's quite flat at the city ground. But on Sunday, it was bouncing. There were scarves above the head for for Forest, our magic on and off the pitch. It was a really good atmosphere. And you could tell when those goals went in that the players were happy to be at the club. It really felt like a coming together. Now, we'd had such a long time of just the team gluing itself up together and finally saw a group and team performance. Ola Aina, man, what a strike. I love how he side foots it. He doesn't strike it with power. He places it. And Emi Martinez does not have a chance against that strike. It's a beautiful strike. Harry Toffolo was superb. Now, Harry Toffolo is someone who has not got anywhere near the amount of praise or recognition he deserves in the past few weeks. After that sort of incident with the betting uh, in issues, I think everyone could have been understand if he just sort of cowered away and didn't play a lot of football ever again. If anything, it's made him play better. It reset a fire within him. And he was superb. He was getting to the ball. He was delivering. He was whipping balls in. A super player, maybe I suggest for your FPL team, because he's getting assists. He's also putting in big tackles. There was a big tackle on Matty Cash, who I love to see back at the city. And he went, whoa, that's a proper tackle. I think Forrest going forward looked really good. Taiwo, you know, struggled with the offside trap. They played a very high line. And I think everyone in Y Block was like, oh, what are they doing? It's not offside. Actually, I think Villa defence was all right. It slipped up twice by not closing down Mangala and Aina. But bar that, they looked quite solid. I think a one uh having that space with the two wingers, with the three in the field, it really offered something to Forrest. And I think that the 4-3-3 is what Forrest should play from now on. That was the most structured we looked going forward. And I think Alanga has got to improve on his end product. He cooked a lot of pace and he looked fast and it was all very exciting. But what was the end product? Not a lot, for quite honest. Let's talk about Oro Mangala. Someone, again, like Toflo, who Forest fans aren't particularly excited about. Belgium international, though. And he strikes this ball. And you can't really see what happens if you're at the ground unless you're in part of the Brian Clough or maybe down that side of the Peter Taylor or in the Trenton. Couldn't really see what happened. It was a good strike. And you thought, oh, that's a nice strike. Oh, good save. Why is everyone celebrating? What? Oh, we've scored. What, what on earth is going on here? It was a bit of luck, if we're quite honest. Emi Martinez should have done better. But I think it was a just reward for Oro Mangala, someone who I think could be imperious for Nottingham Forest. And you look at the resale value for, FP, um, for FFP terms, you're thinking, oh, this could be quite good. I think he could come into his own. And Nottingham Forest have now got a lovely midfield, Sangare, Dominguez and Mangala. Not even mentioning Yatesy coming in for a bit of blood and thunder with just when you need it. It's looking positive for Nottingham Forest. And I think also with the Mangala go, we, we need to mention, happening in the 47th minute, to start the applause for the wonderful Adam Johnson, who's sadly no longer with us, uh, the Knotts Panthers ice hockey player, for anyone who doesn't know, who's maybe listening from Grace's side. We'll come on to Grace in a bit. She was so lovely to talk to. Uh, tragically died playing for Nottingham Panthers. Mangala scores, 
and it leads to this beautiful moment of applause, appreciation for sport, and then a wonderful design by uh, Forza Garibaldi comes up in Y block uh, next to the away fans, and everyone's participating in applause. And it was just so perfect. And then you find out Oro Mangala's middle name is Johnson as well. And you're thinking, okay, Forrester just destined to win. And some people in the Peter Taylor stand were then seeing double rainbows, which sounds like they were high or something. No, just the beautiful way of Nottingham there was just a rainbow over the city guy. And you're thinking, God's on our side today. With that Mangala goal, with everything, the timing, Emmy Martinez slip, it, it just felt like Forrest were destined to win. And I think... 60 days or whatever it was without a win, even longer without a win at home, even longer without a clean sheet. Or not as long, sorry, because obviously you draw a palace. You just think, right, Forrester back here, going to West Ham. And that brings us on to our guest, Grace Wilde, who is a psychology student at Northampton. But most importantly for this, is a West Ham social media content creator, influencer, all-round lovely person, as it turns out. She was absolutely delight to talk to about West Ham. We have a little bit of a chat about that. Also, why she got involved in social media. And I think it's really inspiring to anyone who is listening and thinking, I want to, you know, have a go at social media. Just do it. Just give it a go. Because I've loved doing social media. And I think Grace expressed a lot of the feelings I have, but not been able to articulate it. I think she articulates it fantastically. Why not have a go? So definitely have a go if you're just thinking, oh, I want to come up with a podcast. I want to do a social media page. Why not? What have you got to lose? The one thing I'd say is I doubt it'd be as charismatic as Grace. Grace was an absolute pleasure to talk to you. And do follow her, Grace Wild Football, on Instagram and TikTok. Now, if you're a West Ham fan, we won't bring up the Taiwo one year goal, but do look out for a little mention of Jesse Lingard at the back of the podcast. I hope you enjoy this podcast. Please, please, please share this with your forest friends and make sure you subscribe, rate it down below, share it, whatever because you guys mean the absolute world to me. You guys can listen to anything and you choose to listen to me and any guest. And Grace has got to be one of my favourite guests we've had on the series. So buckle up, enjoy the podcast and uh, see you next week. Hopefully Forrest will beat West Ham, but Grace is not so confident. So joining us on the podcast today, Grace Wilde from Grace Wilde Football on Instagram and TikTok has over 5,000 followers, a West Ham influencer, it's fair to say. Grace, how are you? I'm good, thank you. How are you? I'm really good. I'm really excited for this podcast. Forest West Ham this weekend and you're playing our cousin club, Olympiacos, on Thursday. Hasn't gone in yet, so anything that's been said, if there's any injuries, we've gone (laughs) past it. But yeah, over 5,000 thousand instagram followers a huge and it's fair to say you sort of rolled your eyes at instagram influencer but i think you are i think you're a massive part of yeah yeah i'm really proud of that what made you get involved in social media and football i think i've been a football fan for a long time and there's been so many like situations where i thought i really want to voice my opinion on this and to be honest with you I started university and I thought I've got three years while I'm doing my degree where I'll have a little bit more time to myself. Mm. And I thought, you know what? I love football. I'm 20, so I love social media. <laughs> and I just thought, you know what? If I can if I can lend a voice to women in football, you know, then why not? You know, I'm quite confident in talking about football. I'm confident in what I know about. And I just thought, let's just go for it. Why not? fantastic attitude and I think we had something quite similar with Ellie Molson when she talked about her game too it's so nice that this is like becoming 
more and more especially for our generation I'd say both going to university there seems to be more yeah. empowerment whilst talking about football and your content really does reflect that there are memes and uh, and reels where you're going it's a good morning because a 12 year old fat ugly Tottenham fan has told me I'm whatever it is and I yeah that, that proper made me cruise how important do you think it is for women like yourself to um to share your experience to the traditionally male football fan base I think it's really important because there's a massive stereotype of female football fans and you know I grew up with oh you're only a football fan because you want to attract guys and I'm like no I don't and I know that there are so many people out there like that and you know what women can talk about football too and to be honest with you with my I know I make reels about like being a girl and all that sort of thing because that's like major within my social media but it's really important that people don't see my gender when I'm talking about football I want people to think about my opinion rather than my gender yeah. You know, I want people to go, you've got a really good opinion on this rather than you've got an opinion for a girl, you know? Yeah, yeah. And I think you also expressed that in one of your reels, which I it was like the guy clapping in front of uh, London Stadium. So mm-hmm. it is a big part of your and you have a sort of weekly prediction, um, which is really putting yourself out that I never do that. Right? How, how have you yeah. found the prediction reels? You know what? I was really hesitant to do it, but I just thought, you know what? I do know what I'm talking about. Like, and I have to put a disclaimer out there because people take it so seriously. I'm like, I am guessing, okay? I am in between writing essays <laughs> and I am literally just looking at the fixtures and guessing on what I think should happen. That doesn't mean I think it's going to happen, but what should happen. And yeah, I do enjoy them, to be fair, and I get a good response from them. And and I think it's good as well because it involves the fans from outside of West Ham because I talk about West Ham a lot. And I think, by doing the predictions, I'm able to interact with Spurs fans and Man United fans. And, you know, that's what I want to do. I don't just, you know, want to be known for West Ham. I want to just talk about football in general. Fantastic. We're unfortunately literally about to go back straight back to West Ham after that really quite eloquent That's point. fine. No worries. Because <laughs> I need to ask you, how was that Europa Conference League experience for you? Because that must be unbelievable. <sighs> I genuinely never thought I would experience something like that as a West Ham fan. You know, I've I've watched them be relegated. I've watched them be promoted again. I've watched them then be in relegation battles. And to have that moment, like for me and all my family, was just incredible. It was just incredible. Like, I can't... It makes me smile just thinking about it because, like, I just... It's just madness that that was West Ham, you know? It's, it's absolute madness. Yeah, it- as a Forest fan, like our European glory is obviously in the past and it's a long way from ever going to what West Ham have just achieved. But I think there was a sort of, from Forest fans, I think a lot of them were kind of jealous, but also kind of proud you were representing teams outside the top six doing yeah. something in Europe. And it was just so refreshing. And I think everyone was behind you because I think West Ham has so many like famous fans in whether real life or not in real life. You think of like Smithy, but pardon the, like Gavin and Stacey, but you do think of yeah. Smithy. The lad from Harry Potter, uh, who like likes it in the first book and all that. You have lots of famous literary characters and also famous fans like Danny Dyer. It is a very people's club. I think you're definitely the people's club of London because I don't like, I'm going to be honest, I cannot stand Chelsea or Arsenal or Spurs. Or I Mid- totally get you there. <laughs> Out of interest, which, if you had to rank the bar Millwall, because I'm going to guess that is the lowest of the low for London clubs. Yes, Who's the correct. Next London club you cannot stand. 
I think, right, this is difficult because I think traditionally it's Spurs because Mm. obviously, like, they want to say there's no rivalry there. There there is a rivalry there. But right now, honestly, I'm enjoying watching Spurs play football. I can't lie. I I still don't like their fans. But Angeball, I'm loving it at the moment. Last night was amazing. I, I can't sit here and say Tottenham at the moment because I'm really enjoying everything they're about. But right now... I mean, it doesn't help that Rice has moved there, but it has to be Arsenal at the moment. I just I just don't want him to do well. I know that sounds awful, but I just, I can't stand it. Yeah, it, it must be so strange. And I think Forest fans, again, are feeling quite similar to you. You've seen Declan Rice move on. We've seen Brennan Johnson move on to both yeah. Spurs. And it's so strange seeing lads come through the academy, bleed red or claret and blue, and then they're in a different kit. It is so conflicting because you want them to do well but you really don't like that club and speaking of Declan Rice Arsenal were defeated at the London Stadium by West Ham but this has come in a really weird time for West Ham you've lost to Olympiacos and Everton and Brentford it does seem that you're going up in form and then you go straight back down what's your sort of vibe going into the Forest game on Sunday this is really difficult because I think our home form has been pretty decent you know I think we have we have confidence when we play at home. And I think it's the same with a lot of fans going into Olympiacos on Thursday. It's at home. So you feel that bit more confident. The truth of the matter is, I think on paper, we should be Forest. Like on paper, we should. But it's just never that easy. You know, I don't think, I don't think there's an easy game in the Premier League. I genuinely don't. And I think, trust me, my predictions would be a Forest win if we were coming to you. Mm. No doubt. Because yeah just no confidence at the moment but it's really strange because we've seen this a lot with like Moyes ball there's sometimes like peaks and we're really good you know we beat Brighton we beat Chelsea and I know Chelsea aren't the greatest to be at the moment but it's still beating Chelsea and then you just get these moments where you can't even beat Everton and that's no disrespect to Everton but we should be beating Everton you know I think a lot of fans will be going into Forest on Sunday thinking we should be winning it but it's just never that easy. It's never that easy. Again, it seems to be that relationship with Forest and West Ham because we're feeling the exact same. Only one point separates the club. And I think Forest fans are going, we can go for this. But there's always that dreading feeling, especially after a win of, oh, we're going to blow it somehow. It, it is a very tight fixture, but you do have some very good names, especially James Ward-Prowse absolutely terrifies me. Him on set pieces. <laughs> he came to the city ground last year and just... Every ball was on a pinpoint for Southampton. Is there anyone else apart from James Ward-Prowse Forest fans should be worried about? I think Paquette is going to be back. He was suspended last weekend and we really missed him. Um, he'll be back and he is just tricky. He's just difficult. He's Brazilian and tricky. Um, and then Kudus. Kudus is really starting to find, you know, he's going to be one of those players that is going to take a year to properly get used to the Premier League. but. He's just finding these magical moments. I mean, I don't know whether you saw his goal against Brentford on Saturday. You just sit there and go, where did that come from? Mm. And he just has these moments. So I think those two are probably our danger, our danger players. You ain't got to worry about a striker, I swear. Like, no worries. Like, literally, our goals come from elsewhere. Is Antonio still your striker? Yep. For the the listener, Grace just gave you the biggest look of... (laughs) <laughs> now do you not think you know if you're playing his former club there might be a bit of danger for Antonio 
Look, it depends on how Antonio wants to play when he turns <laughs> up. He is a menace, but there are some games where I just sit there and I go, you're still a winger. Like, you're not a striker. Like, it's difficult because he'll go through these periods where you're like, oh, he's finally transitioning. But then he'll just go through dry spells and you're like, he's not a striker. We need to get a striker in. And, you know, we sold our striker in the summer, which was unexpected. And we need to get another one in. Like, there's Danny Ings just doesn't cut it anymore I don't think you know it's like having 10 players on the pitch when he comes on no disrespect to him well Danny Ings did score the last time Forrest played West Ham in a 4-0 drubbing at the London Stadium now I was at that oh. game and that was my birthday present from my mate we went all the way down from Nottingham <laughs> he's like right big day oh off. no got absolutely thumped it's the worst defeat I've ever seen Forrest have um it was awful Declan Rice scored some absolute bangers must be said and I'm so sorry. <laughs> it, it was almost funny at the point. We just have to accept it. Um, how do you think West Ham will set up on Sunday? It's difficult. It's difficult because I think we played, I think we played a 4-4-2 on Saturday. And that seemed to work attacking-wise, but we had suspensions. So it all depends on how Thursday goes, you know, whether we'll have any more suspensions, injuries, all that sort of thing. I mean, I don't know how strong he's going to go against Olympiacos because it's a must win, really. So, you know, for that, I don't think it's a must win. We've, we've just got to get it for that sort of comfort zone. Um, I think we win. I think we win the group if we beat Olympiacos. Um, but I'm, I'm sort of enjoying seeing Bowen up top a bit because I know he's traditionally not a striker and he sort of, he gets this like freedom when he plays up top. And it just seems to work better. Um, but it, it all depends. I, I genuinely can't, I can't tell you how he's going to set up because it's just, it's a bit all up in the air at the moment with, you know, people being in the team and then coming out of the team. And I think Europe really changes the way in which you look at your weekend fixtures because you've got to consider your midweek fixture. Mm. And that's actually coming on to the next question. West Ham have a sort of balancing act at the moment, the Europa League and the Premier League, which not a lot of clubs have. How has balancing both affected Moyes and his side? Has it been quite interesting? Has it brought players down? What, what's happening? Well, I think last year we got comfortable in the Conference League because I think rightly a lot of people thought anybody we play, we've got to be beating them. You know, we're good enough to beat them. But I think the Europa League has really caused us a problem because they are better teams. You know, we're coming up against Olympiacos and they made us look average when we played them at their place. I mean, and we're not average. We're a good side, you know, but I think the players are just, I think we're having to play uh, starting 11 twice in one week, to be honest with you. And I think Moyes didn't want to do that. He wanted to have that, you know, in for Europa League games, out for Premier League games and vice versa. And I, I just don't think we're going to get away with it. So for as long as we're in the Europa League, I think it potentially will affect the way in which we are in the Premier League. But the squad depth is a bit better this season. You know, we've got more quality in... in we've got multiple pieces of quality in, in different areas. So I think, yeah, it's only time will tell, to be honest with you. This is also leading on to the next one. What is a good season for West Ham? Obviously, in the quarterfinals of the League Cup against Liverpool... 
Europa League and Premier League. What is good for the Hammers fans? I think coming into this season, you go, I want to win the Europa League. But are we really ready for the Champions League? I don't think so. I think we'd crash and burn in the Champions League at the moment. So I think a lot of fans are hoping for a domestic cup this season. I think a lot of us thought we'd be knocked out of the Carabao Cup by Arsenal. And we've got Liverpool next at Anfield, which is not going to be fun. Um, but I mean, a day out at Wembley would be amazing. You know, I think because a lot of us didn't make it to Prague because of the tiny capacity that they gave us. I mean, there was That's barely good. any people allowed there. I think a lot of us would like a big day out at Wembley and, and potentially an FA Cup final or something like that. Um, so, yeah, I think domestically is is where we're heading. And then a top 10 finish, hopefully in the European spots, would be a good would be a good season for, for in the Prem. And I really appreciate what you mean by just a day out at Wembley. I think your fan base is something that's who's gone through a lot. Moving from Upton Park, as we talked about off, off air, to London Stadium, not having the best of like ticket allocations in Prague, you deserve a sort of unifying moment on the pitch. You had that great moment. Where was it in London for like the trophy celebration? Whereabouts in London was that? I think it was in Stratford. Yeah. Yeah, that, that was massive. I mean, I think it was, I, mean, I might be making this up, but I think it was around 100,000 people turned out for that. It was incredible. Just amazing. Like it blew everybody away how many people turned up for it. And it just feels like you deserve that unifying moment at Wembley because you have so many teams, I'm going to just say it, Man City, who go to Wembley every year and just don't appreciate it. And I think yeah, like West Ham, Forest, Aston Villa, who played, had some really good fans, would just love a day out at Wembley. And that brings us on to the Tricky Treat 3. Now, this is where I ask guests three questions. The first one is going to be quite difficult for you, Grace, because it's all about Forest. So admit this could go anywhere. We've had John Terry. Okay. Who is your favourite Forest player of all time? I mean, I'm going to go with your current squad, right? Because this is the time I've been most invested in other teams. So I'll be honest with you, you've got some great players. Like, I was looking at it today and you've got some great individuals and you should be at that, you know, midway in the Premier League. I think my favourite player is Alanga because I just think, what a, a transfer, right? Because he was great at United. And I just think he's a star. I just think he's brilliant. I mean, some some mentions of others like Callum Hudson-Odoi. I always liked him at Chelsea. Um, I think, um, yeah, Bolly. Love Bolly. Um, and, oh God, I've forgotten. Morgan gibbs White. Yeah, I really like Morgan Gibbs-White, actually. I think he's really, like, I didn't really like him at Wolves, if I'm honest. But I think he's really coming to his own since he's moved to Forest. Um, yeah, just you've just got some stars. I mean, I think it was a massive loss losing Brennan Johnson. Like, I can't lie. It was like us losing Rice. But I still think you've got some stars in that side. And, you know, I, I was looking at squad today going oh my God, you've got some really good players, you know. No wonder you beat Villa last weekend. I think a lot of Forest fans were desperate for that win because you had a bit of a dry spell going into that. Now, as part of your prediction feature, you predict games throughout the whole of the weekend. I'm going to ask you to predict one game. What's the score going to be on Sunday? I've got a back, West Ham. I'm so sorry. I know this is a Nottingham Forest podcast. I've got a back, I'm saying 3-1 West Ham. Wow. Okay. Yeah. I think we'll concede. 
Okay, th that's very kind of you, Grace. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to put three past you, but we'll let one in. Or two fair, can't yeah, we? we'll let one in. Can't be worse than the last time we visited the London Stadium. And the final question, where will Forrest finish this season? Like I said, you should be in that upper echelon of the Premier League. I'm not going to go like top half of the table, but I think a solid 12 would be a really, really good season for you guys. And I think just get some form, keep that form at your place. I mean, it is difficult coming there. There is no word of a lie. It is really difficult coming to your place. And I think if you just keep beating teams there and pick up a few points along the way, away, then it it, it could only lead to a, a pretty decent season for you guys. So, yeah, I'm going to go 12. Amazing. Grace, it's been an absolute pleasure having you on the podcast, but I've got to ask one really tricky question. There's one player that unites Forest and West Ham. What would have to happen for Jesse Lingard to be accepted back at West Ham? <laughs> oh, God. That man, that man has given so many of us emotional instability. It is crazy. I mean, never fall in love with a lone player, man. It's just crazy. I think all of us were prepared to accept him back. Well, not all of us, a lot of us were prepared to accept him back at the beginning of this season. And he was training at West Ham and it looked like it was going to happen. But then... He did his usual thing of chasing the money and he went off to the Saudi league. He looks like he's clubless, actually. I don't think he's signing for anybody at the moment. And you could do with someone I, going forward with the Europa League. Maybe he might be coming back. I know, but I just think that ship sailed. Like, I just don't think he would get... I mean, we loved him. That was the worst part, is it was heartbreaking when, when he didn't come back to us. And we all understood that he wanted to fight for his spot at United. And we all got that. You know, it's his boyer club. If any club's going to understand it, it's, you know, it's going to be one of West Ham Forest, those type of clubs. But I just don't think, I mean, you never know. You never know. And I'm sure he'd score one goal and we'd all be head over heels again. <laughs> Doing the gritty at the London Stadium. Grace, oh, yeah. thank you so much. Is there anything you would like to plug? Um, just my Instagram, really. I think you've already mentioned it, Grace Wild Football. Give it a follow. I try and make people laugh. I try and give predictions. And yeah, thank you so much for having me. Oh, no worries, Grace. Thank you for coming on. And definitely follow Grace Wild on in Grace Wild Football on Instagram. And that's the end of the podcast. Thank you very much for listening. Do subscribe, rate down below, and come on, you Reds. That's perfect. Thank you so much.